Hey, Shipper City. Thanks for listening. Before we jump into the episode, do me a favor and consider tapping that support this podcast link in your favorite podcast player. Every little bit helps us stay on the air and keeps us creating the content that you love. Be sure to follow along on social. We are on Tumblr, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at iShipItPod. You can head over to the website, iShipItPod.com, to sign up for email updates when new episodes are released. And you can send us emails at iShipItPod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review us on whatever platform you're listening to and tell your friends that you ship it. So take a second, do all of that while you enjoy a word from our sponsors. Thor ate a lot of Pop-Tarts in these fanfics. It is a hot garbage fire. Do you not know what sex pollen is? I mean, Phantom Seed. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't care. I ship it. I don't care. I ship hey there, geek girls, geek boys, and geeks beyond the binary. This is Emily J with the I Ship It podcast, your safe space on the internet for fan fiction, fandom, and all that stuff you've been pretending you're not reading on your phones. Guess what, guys? It's our 100th episode. And because we have to celebrate these milestones, literally this is the second milestone we've ever celebrated, we have a special guest. Her name is Brittany. She's been my friend since 2005, which means we're up going on 15 years of off again, on again always loved each other, not always been in each other's lives, friendship. And she's here with us today to celebrate this beautiful milestone. Hello, Brittany. How are you? Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm very well. I'm sorry. I've never done a podcast before, so I'll just tell the listeners ahead of time. I'm going to try not to be super awkward. It's fine. <laughs> I love bringing people. And you know, it's weird. Not a lot of people have done podcasts. Um, in my my super amateur world here. <laughs> I mean, you know, I just did Joe Rogan last week, so whatever. <laughs> it's not something a lot of people do. There's also really no way to screw this up. So Okay. Good. You're in and I never I've been doing this for literally now a hundred episodes and I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing. So you're in great company. Perfect. Um, Perfect. Setting the bar very high for me. Super, super high, super achievable. High hopes, low goals. That's how we roll here in Shipper City. Um, so, Britt, first of all, thank you so much for joining me. Um, thank you for having me. I was so excited. We were just talking about this before we started recording. I haven't talked to Brittany in probably six years. Um, and not for any we never had a falling out it was just like life whatever um but I just texted her literally out of the blue was like hey so I do this podcast um I'm coming up on 100 episodes would you want to be my special guest and I was like Emily this is the rudest thing (laughs) you literally cannot just drop somebody out of your life for almost you know half a decade and then be like hey do you want to be on my podcast um but Britt came through and she was like yeah definitely I totally want to do that I was like shit awesome (laughs) great um so thank you i i didn't have another plan for this episode so you really were all i all i was focused on um so a little background briz and i went to college together and um Brittany is i would say is i'll just talk to you brit um i don't know mm-hmm. that i've ever told you this but Brittany, you are the person i wanted to spend this hundredth episode with if for no other reason that you were actually one of the first people in my life ever that I like came out to about my fanfic. Um, because 
when I was in high school, it was this like shameful thing. Like you never talked about it ever. And even in college, it's not like we had like a fanfic writing group or anything. But you were one of the first people that ever ever like, oh, she's a safe friend. She's not going to think I'm weird. I can share these things with her. And I did. And it was wonderful. And I think had I not had a positive experience with sharing that weird part of myself with you, um, I probably wouldn't have kept going with it. Or And I certainly wouldn't be doing this. So that's why you're here for, for the big 100. That's actually super sweet. I'm feeling a little emotionally gushy right now. And I did not actually know that, I don't think. But um, I appreciate that even when I was 17 and like a huge weirdo, you thought I was a safe friend. Um, to tell you were a safe to. friend. You still are a safe friend. Um, I, yeah, I think if I had any sort of shameful secrets left, I would tell them to you. But I don't. I don't think I've done anything. Well, to be fair, I'm pretty sure I've sent all of mine your way in the form of like weird fiction. So it's it's been paid back in kind at this point. Um. So yeah. So we are going to talk about a special, special fandom that brought Brit and I. We were pretty close before we fell into this hole together. Um. And I feel like it brought us a lot closer. <laughs> but before we get into the actual topic at hand, um, just kind of. I want to talk a little bit about like your history as a fangirl. Sure. Um, so one of the things I learned about you right away was that you had like a lot of things that you were very passionate about. And to this day, I don't know anybody who is as passionate about like music and going to see live shows as you are. Um, mm. And I live in Portland now. So think about that. Yeah. You're that's still a, number that's one. A, a high, <laughs> high praise. <laughs> but so you had like this like very intense passion for the things that you loved. And I remember, I hope you don't mind that I out you about Meg Cabot and your YA literature because you're the only reason I read, I still read YA because it makes me happy. Um, but, you know, you were very well read and you had like a lot of like favorite authors that you cared a lot about and about a lot of like those stories that meant so much to you. So what was your kind of like growing up, like your formative, I guess, fandom like your fandoms that you spent a lot of time in before we met? Well, I mean, the obvious one is is Harry Potter. Um, and I don't think before I met you, I really understood what fan fiction was in the terminology sense. But okay. I remember being very young um, and when the internet was first a thing and like being on AOL and finding this like Harry Potter role-playing community kind of thing. Oh. And I like wrote myself into Harry Potter. And I don't think I realized I made my middle name is Woods. This is another piece I'm willing to to tell your <laughs> your fandoms. And so I made myself Oliver Woods' sister. And, I remember uh, that. I remember you telling me that. And I thought it was so cool. Yeah. So I like I wrote myself into this. And it was kind of like you would write these little blurbs about yourself because it was all done in like message board format. I'm talking about when people were reading using like AOL and that's it. Right, um, right, right, right. When we had so, to wait on CDs to come in the mail. <laughs> yeah. And you had to like dial up to get into it. So I feel mm -hmm. like that was really my first introduction into creating your own world inside of fandom. And so Harry Potter is really where it started for me. Um, and I don't think I recognized that as being fan fiction until you kind right. of told me, oh, other people do that too. You're not... <laughs> a total weirdo with no life. <laughs> okay, but is that not the most wonderful feeling in the world to be told like, no, this is this thing that you thought you were just doing because you were a freak 
it, other people do it too. And then you're like, I'm not alone. That's literally Aww. what I do for a living now. <laughs> like, just, like, it is what I do all the time. But yeah, so that was probably where it started. Um, and I, I mean, you're right. I, I've read a ton of YA. I've gotten a little bit away from that more so mm-hmm. now, I'd say, um, as I've gotten older, just because like I wanted to read stories with a little bit more substance and I could right. no longer really relate to the, those emotions as well mm-hmm. anymore. Totally. Um, but uh, Harry Potter was the first big one. Um, and then I read a lot of I've read a lot of different fanfic over the years like and I think that one of the really cool things about fan fiction and the fan fiction community is that I I can't think of any specific examples but I've definitely looked up some like obscure pop culture pieces and I was like there's no way someone will have have ficked this couple or this ship (laughs) and someone has so like there's a ton of that um, I love that so much when you're like there's no way I should not even be looking for this and then you find it Yeah, it's that's I mean, there was a period of time where I was reading like a lot of Veronica Mars. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was a period of time where I was reading a lot of like Teen Wolf. I don't know why I didn't even watch that show that much. (laughs) Like, I've read a lot of yours over the years, like, and I still have the same kind of like, um, the same bookmark files Mm -hmm. of different Right. Different fanfics that I really loved over the years. So I, d- I don't know how it it's it's just gone so many different directions. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that kind of just blend into my next question, which is like saying like you and I spent a lot of time in Harry Potter together. Um, I still remember one of my favorite Britney memories, actually, is you trying to get me to go to class and I didn't want to go for whatever reason. Um, it was and I still actually I remember what class it was. It was basic earth science. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you had purchased you had purchased Goblet of Fire on DVD the night before and I was like fuck it I'm not going to class Brittany I hate that class and I'm failing it anyway I'm just gonna sleep in and you were like fine and you went back to your room and you dropped off your books and you came back into my room and you were like but you are not sleeping if we're skipping class <laughs> <laughs> you sat down on the floor in my room and you were like, put this on your DVD player. We're watching this movie together. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you were like so mad that I skipped class that you skipped class with me <laughs> to well, watch Harry Potter. That makes sense. I did skip a lot of class <laughs> during my bachelor's, which I do not recommend to anybody, but I definitely no. fell into that pretty hard. It makes um, things a lot harder. Just FYI, if anybody's yeah. going to college soon, <laughs> please go to the classes that you you pay for. Yeah, it's Jeez. really expensive to not go to class. Like, learn from from <laughs> my mistakes here. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was one of my favorites. Also, uh, we also used to read the celebrity smut magazines together. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I just remember you breaking into my room being like are you done with your homework yet because I have smut to read (laughs) yeah sure whatever throw it aside let's find out about Trista and Ryan's big baby plans (laughs) I still remember my one of my favorite memories of you is still when I like texted you because or uh, did we have texting back then I don't remember yeah we had texting texting. it was was slow and it was new but we didn't have texting 
know, to use like the T9 word or whatever. Yes. But like I somehow I reached out to you and, and informed you that I was having a hard day and you came in. Oh, I'm just no. on the floor listening to Kelly Clarkson. <laughs> oh, God, I do remember that. Well, because I could barely open the door because you you had collapsed into a heap of sad close to the door and I almost hit your head when I opened it. I must have just been unlocking it and I was like, well, that's as far as I'm getting because like my uh, our rooms were not small. No, <laughs> they weren't like so small that like that was the only place that you could have collapsed. I know like that would have taken effort or like lack thereof, I guess. Uh, I, yeah, no, I do remember that. And I was just like, I remember I just like sat next to you and I was like petting your hair and I was talking you through whatever was going on. And then I stopped and I was like, Brittany, is is this song? on repeat <laughs> you were like yes <laughs> just, just oh into tears again I was like okay well uh I have an easy fix real quick uh we're gonna put something else on the cd player <laughs> something other than because further. of you on repeat <laughs> like geez oh man oh, being a teenager man. <laughs> man 2005 was a rough time yo I know rough time so so yeah so we um we did experience the full breadth of human emotion in the in the short time that we lived together Um, because everything you feel everything so much more intensely when you're in college Mm. don't you absolutely (laughs) the end of the goddamn world for sure Um, and so something that we bonded over pretty quickly was harry potter Mm -hmm. and our um our fandom, you know, our, our kind of jumping into that fandom together because it wasn't as intense really until because once the fourth movie came out, then the book started coming out a lot faster. So mm-hmm. then it was like, you know, um, we had, then it was like the sixth book and then the seventh book. And so like there was all that hype at the end of the, you know, the culmination of the series and all kinds of craziness was happening Harry Potter style. Um, so I feel like we read a lot of that fic and then um, – we can we can get into the the topic at hand. This is a topic that I have teased for a hundred episodes, not like every time, but mm-hmm. uh, over the course of a hundred episodes, I have been like, oh, there's another fandom that I would like to talk about, but I don't have the right guest yet. Um, and I did decide that you were the only person that I was going to have on. <laughs> if I was going to talk about it, it was going to be with you. Um, so we spent a lot of time in Harry Potter, and then also, uh. Maybe shamefully, maybe not. Maybe we just we just jump into this. Uh, the Backstreet Boys fan fiction universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a Backstreet Boy fangirl from the from day one. So from like 1997, I think when they when they gained some American traction, um, and basically. They were my secret shame for fanfic. Like I was fine with people knowing that I liked them and that I like knew way too much about them um, and that I was a huge fan. But for some reason, the real person fan fiction is like the slutty little sister of regular fan fiction. Like nobody wants mm-hmm. to talk about it, but everybody knows it's there. Um, So I don't remember how I dragged you into this with me. Do you? <laughs> No, not really. And I mean, 
I I would say that as as you intimated, I go to a lot of concerts. So I would say mm-hmm. I was like equal. And I'm if anyone's like strong one side of this fight, like they might stop listening <laughs> right at this moment. But I equally listen to NSYNC and the Backstreet Boys and was- like even O Town sometimes. Like Oh, but O Town was good. I know. <laughs> For being a band orchestrated entirely by Puff Daddy, like <laughs> very good <laughs> on a reality show, it was pretty good, right? They, yeah. they wound up okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, I listened to both, so I don't really re- remember how you then said, "Okay, we're gonna start down this long, <laughs> winding journey." But it we was, went there. We did go there. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember when I was like. This is the next phase of my trust. <laughs> this is the next trust fall with Brittany. Um, I don't remember what it was, but I did pull you in without really too much convincing. I think I was like, hey, uh, this is another kind of fanfic. And you were like, okay. Yeah, I almost feel like I'm having having some kind of like echoes of a memory. Like the way that you did it was just like, oh, read this one fanfic. It's the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> like, I feel like it was almost <laughs> like that. <laughs> uh, here, read this one fanfiction. It's about five men and a boy band. <laughs> Backstreet Boys, whatever. But I mean, it's it was a fun ride for sure. So, uh-huh. but yeah, I don't really remember. So clearly, however you did it was not traumatic enough to imprint itself. So on either of us, yeah, I must have just been like, yeah, this is happening now. Cool. Um, but yeah, so so Backstreet Boys fanfic, I have talked about early fandoms before, but Backstreet Boys is one of the first ones um, that I ever really just like lost myself in reading because mm-hmm. I was 13 um, <laughs> because I had uh, we had dial up Internet and. Um, my mom had a an egg timer or a, a, like an oven timer that she would wind and we each got a half hour twice a day to fight with each other as to who got my brother and I who got to the computer first. Um, and there was a website called bsbfanfic.com or .net. I don't remember which one it was. Either way, neither of those uh, those websites work anymore. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame because I definitely went looking. And I think I read every last story over the course of the summer of like 1999. Um, and it was the first fandom that I ever remember crying while reading a story. And the first fandom I ever remember thinking as a as a kid, oh my God, this is so well written. This is such a great idea. And then thinking about it like 15 years later as an adult and being like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> like there were so many stories that have left a heavy imprint on me um from that fandom that the the parody fic that I sent you that we're going to talk about um oh yes so many like I rereading that I was like I remember the story she took this from like I remember what this is parody like I I there was so much that I wouldn't be like did you also spend the entire summer of 1999 on bsbfanfic.net um so yeah so Real person fanfic is not as well. Let me take this back. Prior to One Direction and mm-hmm. Wattpad happening, um, do you ever read any stories on Wattpad? I can't figure it out. 
I do sporadically, yes. And I think I know where you're going with this <laughs> as far as Wattpad <laughs> fan fiction, but I'm here for it. <laughs> um, prior to One Direction and Wattpad being what it is and, and you know, people getting goddamn book deals and whatnot based on their fan fiction, mm-hmm. um, real person fan fiction, especially boy band fanfic, was kind of really frowned upon and like looked down on. Um, it was like... Always, you know, there was just like Mary Sue's abound, like it was always self inserts and there was always like girl groups of like, you know, different uh, aspects of the the writer's personality or like the writer's four best friends would each pick a Backstreet Boy and be paired off with them and whatnot. So there was a lot of easy pitfalls. And when I was 12, I didn't care about any of them. As you shouldn't, you should read with reckless abandon when you're, uh, when you're 12 years old and discovering fan fiction for the first time. Um, but yeah, looking back, I was like, wow, some of that was so horrible. And I kind of wish I could, it wasn't all taken down because I would love to go back and be like, was this any good (laughs) or was I just a hormonal mess? Um, but yeah, so, so however it is that I got Brittany, to read Backstreet Boys fan fiction with me. Um, I I fell into a resurgence around the same time that, well, I know why, because in 2005 they came back mm-hmm. from their hiatus and uh, were no longer a former boy band. They were a current boy band and they still are recording and they're still putting out great music. Um, they did a video for their song no place like you i want to say i want i will record i will uh include a link because it's just all of them with their families in their homes Mm. and like all of them with their wives and their kids and i watched it and i just like felt so proud of them yeah it's It's hard to be like a famous teenager and come out (laughs) okay at the end of it i mean it's hard to be a teenager and come out okay at the end of it but like specifically famous it's like backstreet boys look at you all being dads and like everybody's happy and loves their wives and like it's just so cute i just i was so i was yeah i felt legitimate pride for Mm -hmm. for for my boys Um, like we've been through a lot together um, but yeah, so they're doing okay. I'm doing okay. <laughs> and through it all, <laughs> Brittany's doing okay. We're all good. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, we, we, I felt like, I feel like I was like, I wonder if there's more BSB fan fiction being written out there. I think this is how I did it. I think I was like, mm, I wonder. And I was like talking to Brittany about it and, and, uh, Britt was like, well, let's find out. And I think we like Googled it together and we found this website uh, where all of our fix came from today. Uh, Dreamer Sanctuary. <laughs> dot, what is it? Dreamer Sanctuary. Yeah, it's just dreamersanctuary.com. It is a, is a rich uh, library, a, a full library of a lot of Backstreet fanfic. So there was so much... <laughs> That we just kind of fell down the rabbit hole together and we're each reading nothing but this website for an entire weekend. Oh, yeah. It was, it's a cornucopia for sure. <laughs> um, I just – I don't remember why – I don't remember where all of our friends were. 
I mean, probably like, I mean, leave them to it. I feel like they, <laughs> they're just like, what's happening here? We'll go hang out in the other room <laughs> and they can stay here. It was like, I feel like somebody like Liz went home. Jesse wasn't around. Like both of our roommates weren't around. And then all of our other friends were doing something. I just feel like people were out of town. Maybe, and you yeah. and I were on campus for whatever reason and just decided we were just going to read our way through this entire website. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, <laughs> I did not I did not share uh, share this this undertaking with you because I didn't need to because you basically gave me a play by play every 40 chapters or so this behemoth of a fic. Um, did you did you glance over it again when I sent you the links? Because I just uh, it I was did, so much I mean, bigger than I remembered. <laughs> it absolutely is bigger. I'll say that much. But like as I was scrolling down it, I was like, "Come on, there's no way I did this." But like that's coming from like a jaded thirty something, right? Full time <laughs> job. Like we're talking about an eighteen year old who like reasonably went only had six hours of class a week or something like that. Of course I did that. It was one, yeah, because it is so much bigger than, um, than I ever. I I I thought it was two parts, and it's not. It's two four part novels. So it's like eight <laughs> giant novels. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's like it's spanning like teen to to end of life. Yeah, age and this, brand wise, right? And this, <laughs> yeah, and this is spanned like eighty years of Nick Carter's life. Um, <laughs> it's just and, so much. <laughs> and what's crazier to me, I have to remind myself of this: we did not have smartphones, Brittany. I know we had like. You had like an iPhone touch or whatever that was like mostly an iPod, but also a like a, a, a cell phone. And I had a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not like we went other places and we were like reading things on our phones while we were, you know, taking transit or in cars or whatever. Like this was we're reading this on a laptop nowhere else. The laptop went with us everywhere. <laughs> Because like we had to keep reading, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. So keep in mind, younger younger citizens of Shipper City, uh, how good you have it. Because it used to be that you could only read fan fiction on a computer screen, and uh, and those days were were dark, dark times. Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into the fix themselves, because um, there's a lot to talk about there. Um, just to, to, just to kind of circle back about, I mean, your whole life now, like I said, you were one of my, my early safe friends that I decided to totally be myself around. Um, and your whole life now is basically like taking care of people and, and, you know, making people feel safe and good. Um, you can get into that. I don't want to, I don't know what you do all day. <laughs> I know what your job is, but I know, I don't know, you know, the specifics and, and why you got into it, but I do that you help people and you have certainly helped me so much. But, um, so when I shared this, you know, super geeky side of my life, you just accepted it. No questions asked. We're just like, yeah, sure. Okay. This is a thing. I like this thing too. Um, but you also know, what my life was like um, when I jumped back into writing fanfic 
um, specifically, of all things, CSI Miami fanfic in 2008 um, as, you know, like a coping mechanism after I lost my mom and all my depression and and all of that stuff. But um, can you talk about maybe a little bit of like why fandom is sort of a safe space for people and kind of the importance of, you know, fandom and fanfic and things like that, um, to, especially to people who feel like outsiders? Sure, absolutely. So, I mean, I think the first part of it is that it's just really fucking fun. Like, it's <laughs> it's very fun to – it's like I loved choose-your-own-adventure novels when I was a kid, and I feel like fanfic is choose-your-own-entertainment. Like, <laughs> you are stepping into this world that you really love already, and you're like – I mean, it's like when I read The Cursed Child, and I was like, in what world are those two not fucking? <laughs> and so you <laughs> this is albus and that's his boyfriend <laughs> yeah so you have the opportunity within fan fiction to be to like make that come true right for yourself or find a world where that has come true or read about your favorite character but it's also an alien invasion and like so that's just really fucking fun and sometimes we just need that distraction and i think in that sense it can be really safe um then also from the sense, and I'm going to try not to get too technical because they're going to jump off again, but I am a social worker. So <laughs> I, I specialize in trauma um, and I, I specialize in helping people to heal through their trauma and see themselves in a different way and almost reframing themselves. And I feel like in writing fan fiction, that was one of the first ways that I really was able to explore some aspects of myself that felt unsafe to me. And I maybe didn't even realize I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you can almost write yourself into a better understanding of yourself. At the same time, it's kind of like I said at the very beginning of this, like recognizing like, okay, I'm not the only weirdo who wonders what Harry Potter would be like in this situation, like just recognizing that like, even if you feel really isolated from your community or your school or your whatever, finding this community of weirdos that likes something enough to spend all of their free time writing it over again, (laughs) makes you feel more connected to society in general, I think. Yeah. Um, I don't know. That's it was all a little wordy, but <laughs> No, no, that was wonder those are wonderful answers. Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, no, like I said, I mean, this is this is the the ultimate safe space. It's what I say in my intro, you know, di- that you know, we don't kink shame here. We don't we don't if you're, you know, you like a thing and I don't like it, that's okay. Um, vice versa, you know, we don't <laughs> there are no ship wars. Do you remember the Harry Potter ship wars? Yes. When it was like Harry and Hermione versus Ron and Hermione, and it was just knockdown dragouts all over the internet all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, fandom has kind of moved past that. Um, people multi ship now, like adults. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, I can read and enjoy fix about Hermione and Ron, and I can read and enjoy fix about Harry and Hermione. I can't. This is just what people say. I can't do that. <laughs> I'm I not sure I get... could within Harry Potter, but I know I... how strongly you feel <laughs> about your Harry Potter ships. <laughs> and I, I would love to to disengage that part of my fangirl, but there's like something inside of me that's like she just deserved better than Ron. 
Well, I mean, I think JK is coming over that way, too. I like, know. I mean, I don't like to like to agree with anything JK Rowling says, but she did say like, yeah, no, I mean, looking back, it makes more sense for Harry and Hermione to be together. I'm like, you I may be know. an awful capitalist nightmare turf, but you're right about that. So. Yeah, but I agree with you, though. There's no reason to to shame anybody in the fandom world. I mean, I think that that everything is bad enough outside. So right? who cares? Life is so hard. Yeah, who <laughs> so cares? So hard and long and horrible. <laughs> who? Which characters you want to make out with each other? Like it's fine. Like just find your your niche or all 12 of your and just go for it (laughs) (laughs) all 12 of the things you can't stop thinking about um no i mean i'm down a down a marvel captain america shield shock hole for the last five years i just realized like a couple months ago i was like oh my god i've been writing this same ship for five years and it's fine it's cheaper than therapy so (laughs) It is. That's true. So, you know, I'll just project all my issues onto Darcy Lewis and then uh, Steve can, you know, help her through them. Um, not to say that Steve and Bucky Barnes aren't totally in love because they are forever. And I'll just never be able to do an episode without mentioning that. Um, <laughs> so, Which I understand because yeah. they would just be such a good, <laughs> such a good couple. Like, make that right? canon. Right. Who's, Marvel, who's you fucking the cowards. <laughs> They're in love. Let them be together. Jesus. No. Uh, yeah. Somebody was like, they didn't count on the intense uh, sexual chemistry between Chris Evans and Sebastian Stan. So they had to rewrite all of the Captain America movies to keep him and Bucky as far away from each other as possible, lest they get <laughs> too gay. Um, but it doesn't matter. They're in love. So back to the important thing here, which is Backstreet Boys <laughs> fan fiction. Um There were a lot of different routes that people took. Um, There was a lot of slash fic, a lot of Mm. Backstreet Boy on Backstreet Boy, um, which is fine, but it was never my cup of tea when I was an avid reader. And I don't know that going back, I don't know that like because I loved them when I was so very young and they were so very young that I could ship any of them together. I agree. I don't know if I could either. I've never really understood like the One Direction mm-hmm. shippers, and I'm not trying to shame here, but when no, they no, no. like, they all seem to be super obsessed with the members of One Direction dating each other, and that always yes. confused me as someone who grew up with boy bands because I just wanted to marry Justin Timberlake. I did not want him to date Lance. I wanted him to date me. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah, and I think that there's. I mean, I also think that that's actually a shift that you can kind of see in in how people are writing in mm-hmm. that when we were young and uh you know fangirling hardcore about Backstreet Boys and NSYNC that we wanted them to date us not each other mm-hmm. so when writing you'd have to insert yourself because there were no there's no it's not like oh and then there's the girl who's you know one of their backup dancers you know, I'd, I'd ship AJ with her because I can see they have, you know, a connection on stage. No. <laughs> if anything, I am the backup dancer that <laughs> AJ has a connection with on stage. Um, so there was no one, you know, for my my brain to ship them together. So I was like, well, it has to be me. And I want it to be me. And why the hell else would I write this if it wasn't going to be me? Um, yeah. 
so that's why you see a lot of a lot of self-insert and a lot of um in the early Backstreet Boys fandom there's a lot of girl groups yeah which is one of my favorite silly tropes because it's like (laughs) of course there's five girls there's five Backstreet Boys everybody gets paired off (laughs) because there's no possible way that any of these really attractive rich talented charismatic men would have found their own partners outside (laughs) of the girl group who happens to be their opening act um certainly not that doesn't make any sense so um or like if you know there was a girl group and there was only like three members because you know the the girl who was writing it had two best friends and they didn't care about you know howie and brian then like howie had a girlfriend who cared and brian was married (laughs) but everybody else no (laughs) yeah they were just sitting there wait they were so distracted and being best friends with each other and like playing basketball in the house that they shared (laughs) (laughs) basketball in the house that they shared (laughs) so they just did not have time to meet any women prior to these girls entering their stratosphere just never ever came across another woman who might have might have possibly worked for them but yeah no they always the Backstreet Boys usually lived together in Orlando (laughs) Um, so they could go to Disney World a lot and eat at McDonald's. And yeah, they always lived together or they lived like in the same block. That was my favorite when they had like a little backstreet neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Like, did they kick out and and get these other people thrown out of their homes so they could live together? <laughs> they declared eminent domain. <laughs> it's like retirees in, in Orlando who've just been living there for the last 20 years. Like, Look, sorry, we want to own this whole cul-de-sac and you got to go. Well, I mean, so. they're the Baxter boys, so maybe they just built their own cul-de-sac. It's possible, yeah. <laughs> and then like, or, you know, and so then the the girls who, you know, if they weren't the, the girl group, then they moved across the street from at least one of the Backstreet Boys. Usually at least two of them were roommates if they weren't all living in the same house. They'd move in across the street. And like, what other thing would a world famous couldn't go to the grocery store without being pursued by rabid 13 year olds do man do other than like be like i'm gonna go help that total stranger across the street move in (laughs) that person who looks to be perfectly within the age of my fan demographic (laughs) like i'm gonna go take her a jello salad (laughs) that girl who looks to be between the ages of 18 and 23 i think i'm gonna take her a jello mold (laughs) Oh, man. Mama Carter didn't raise no slouch, all right? (laughs) Well, I mean, she raised one slouch. (laughs) 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 Oh, it is. Okay, so now we got to talk about, let's talk about the elephant in in the room here. You cannot, I don't care who you are, you can't divorce your love of Nick Carter from the fact that he has a brother named Aaron Carter who has had a time he he has had a time um one of the first shows my sister and i saw without our parents was aaron carter opening for them was what was jesse mccartney's band oh god dream street dream street opening (laughs) for aaron carter at the at the peterson in pittsburgh and we went by ourselves yeah and he was like 13 we were into it. Our dad oh. dropped us off and picked us up up again. 
I'm sure your dad was so grateful that he did not have to go to that. I think he felt he'd paid his dues. Although, to be fair, to give one shout out to Bill, he did say BSB were the only ones that put on an entertaining show from that entire thing. I think it was... Bless him. They flew over the audience in the Civic Arena, and he was just like, whoa, this is like a Pink Floyd show. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of thing. But... um, Oh man, my um, my mother bought me tickets to that in whenever they came in like 2001, I guess. Mm-hmm. It was during the Black and Blue tour, so they were like the oh. biggest they were ever before AJ went to rehab and Nick got arrested. <laughs> <laughs> the first time? <laughs> the first time, yeah, the first time. Um, but uh, first time for both. But when they came to Pittsburgh... Um, I just remember I had been in Buffalo with my dad and my stepmom. And I told my mom before I left, I was like, Mom, Backstreet Boy tickets are going on sale on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. And you have to get them for me because I was 13 and demanding and a pain in the ass. And I was like, you have to get them for me or I will just die. My life is in your hands, Peggy. (laughs) She was like, all right, calm the fuck down. (laughs) I was very serious. And then like I we didn't have cell phones so it's like I could call her and bug her I just had to trust that she was doing this so Uh I came home you know Sunday night and she was I I will this is like burned into my memory because it was such a great moment I walked up and I was like mom what happened with the tickets (laughs) she was like honey you have no idea how many people were trying to get those tickets and I was like mom Mm. she was like they sold out in 11 minutes Emily and I was like oh my god and she goes so I got four right as they went on sale at 901 and I was like "Ah!" that's the best screaming and jumping up and down and um yeah so that show that they did then the Civic Arena when it was still this I think it was still the Civic Arena or if it was anything else we weren't calling it anything but the civic arena um yeah. oh it was they didn't they, they tried to change the name to melon but nobody like we nobody we cared. still call <laughs> that one star lake and it's had 18 names since that's then. true yeah so star lake does not change with the times <laughs> so yeah when they came to the civic arena and they did they did the flyover and then they had this other part that like popped up in like the center of the audience it's like little stage mm-hmm. it was it was a damn delight of a show um it was so yeah that was a it was a formative experience and our parents had to go wait in line overnight because the internet did not exist no <laughs> then no there was no internet um i think my mom bought hers on the phone but oh, she did good. tell me later in life that she was like i I hope you know how much I love you because I was willing to go and sit outside <laughs> and wait I think for the Bill ticket did. counter yeah. to open at Giant Eagle. <laughs> yeah, I think Bill did at least for one of the NSYNC shows or something. He mm-hmm. was in he was in line for hours. Yeah. Oh my God! God bless our parents. I know, the right? They did. The things mm-hmm. they did. I can't imagine loving another person that much to do that. Oh, me either. <laughs> this is how I know. I'm not parent material. I could never do that. <laughs> Especially now since we have the internet and that's right. how we came to into adulthood. Like at least our parents had like experience doing stuff like that before we came around. Like, I wouldn't even know how to start buying tickets in person. <laughs> what? 
Yeah, like talking to another person to Ugh, accomplish my goal gross. of going to the show. But um, anyways, <laughs> that started with Aaron Carter. Man who now has Carter. a face tattoo, oh, I feel God. like. He has, uh, he has an arrest record, for one thing, oh, yeah. uh, an impressive one, mm-hmm. and, um, and a face tattoo. He looks like a predator. <laughs> oh, poor Aaron. <laughs> and a meth addict. And I'm not... I'm not saying there's anything wrong with being a meth addict, but when you combine it with Aaron Carter's entire oeuvre, (laughs) if you will, um, a man who once had a single entitled How I Beat Shaq, (laughs) I just feel like should hold himself. We as a culture should have held him to a higher standard. And I feel like we failed him, you know? I feel like we did too, like, or at least he beat like Shaq. A, a long, <laughs> long, long litany of managers, and I would assume psychotherapists failed him. Just so many people failed him. I mean, he's the the thing is like people don't really pay too much attention to um, little boys who are child stars and they grow up to be train wrecks. I feel like there's a lot more pressure on on young women to, you know, either go the the Lindsay Lohan route or I'm trying to think of like a successful non train wreck one. Um, Hillary Duff. Hillary Duff. Yeah, let's say oh, Hillary both Duff. Both of Aaron's ex girlfriends. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Just... I had no idea. We're playing Six Degrees of Aaron Carter. <laughs> Um, yeah they fought over him i you know what now that you say that i do remember that i do remember the team was the team drums of yeah of lilo fighting over aaron carter jeez oh man Man, At least that is my relationship that... with Aaron Carter was fake. Like, it, was. <laughs> it was well contained within the pages of of my computer, and and I gave us characters, uh, I gave us characters that tried to stop that from happening. No, I read, I reread, and I got Paige was an enabler like, for sure. I feel like as the seasoned adults. <laughs> In the group, there were a few people uh-huh. that put again more pressure on Paige, but still, right. like there was there was some voice of reason. It was not from Paige. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fine. Um, so what we're talking about? This is actually I've never uh, explicitly spoken about fan fiction that I've written on this show, but I do want to talk about BJ Keen. <laughs> Because it was so important to both of us and mm-hmm. to Jill, who's not here. My cousin Jill is the uh, there are three human beings on the face of this earth that have read the fa- the Backstreet Boys fan fiction that I started in 2006 called Beachy Keen, um, which is a restaurant AU <laughs> set in Sea Isle City, New Jersey, wherein a host of original characters based on myself and my friends uh work at a family restaurant seafood shack <laughs> called Beachy Keen, which is still adorable. I'll fight anybody who says otherwise. They called it the Keen for short. Um, and where it was a whole, there was a found family trope the whole way through, but all of the backstreet, Kevin was the manager. 
Nick and AJ. Um, I think Kevin was the owner, actually. Nick yeah, and Kevin AJ was the owner. Um, worked on the grill with a woman named Ursula, <laughs> who is the greatest in the world. She was basically like so wonderful. We were starting a religion around her, this fictional character that I created. Um, Ursula, yeah. So it's Ursula, Nick, and AJ on the grill. And then uh, my character, Lucky, uh, Jill's character, Maggie, <laughs> Briz's character, Paige, were waitresses, along with Brian and Howie, I think, were also servers. Um, and and we all lived and worked in this <laughs> shitty little beachside town in New Jersey and um, loved each other. <laughs> Yeah, and Aaron was a dishwasher who somehow Aaron kept was his the dishwasher. That's right. Literally never coming to work at all. Like <laughs> I think my I... character was supposed to meet him for like the first two weeks, and he just did not show up. And we just like everyone openly talked about how oh Aaron may or may not come to work someday and like he was still employed <laughs> and that's like the first thing that Paige asks she's like wait what do you mean he never comes to work and Maggie's <laughs> like I mean sometimes I'll show up but like it's it's anybody's guess we all usually just wash our own dishes and she's like well how does he still have a job she's like nobody knows <laughs> Nobody it was does never know. discussed because I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know how that was. I like I was like, oh, that makes sense. There's always like one person, and then you know, growing up and then like turning to restaurant management, I was like, if I had an employee like Aaron Carter, <laughs> he would have lasted thirty seconds. Like it never would have. Like he never got fired. He he never even got reprimanded. Yeah, and 19-year-old Paige. Yes. Um, a rep- no, she was like 17. Yeah, was she was 19 yeah, at the yeah, time. You were 19, she was still in high school, which is why yeah. we paired her up with Aaron. She was more intrigued by this person <laughs> who never comes to school. And if I remember correctly, Paige was like a scholar yes. who was like studying physics at 17 <laughs> and she was like oh I would love to hook up with this dishwasher who never comes to work like- <laughs> and then yes and then my character being older and wiser and like 24 was like hey um, I have to sit you down and tell you something you're not allowed to go after Aaron you have to pick somebody else and Paige was like, and so no. I'm pretty sure I picked Tom Felton. Yes, <laughs> like, you did. Yes, that's who we based Paige's next boyfriend off of because they looked so similar. See, fanfic is so fun. This is so much. We had so much fun. There was so much drama and bullshit going on in our group of friends, and and whatever yeah. happening at Clarion. And ever, there was always like infighting and there was like fucking soap opera level drama with like who was dating who and who was hooking up and whatever. And then there's Brittany and I <laughs> casually removed being like, screw you guys. I don't need you stupid boys and local bands. I have the Backstreet Boys in my shitty waitressing job in New Jersey. Absolutely. And you have your love hate relationship with AJ McLean. Yes. That we yes. have to focus on. Did I say that right? Or is it McLean? It's I'm m- going to be kicked m- off. The fandom's going to fire me. <laughs> They're not. You're not going to get fired. This is, there's, this is an anti-cancel culture podcast. We do not cancel people for simple mistakes. I say McLean. I've heard other people say McLean. It doesn't really matter. 
um, because Lucky and he were destined to be together, but they, yes, they had a love-hate relationship. Yeah, Very and then the only, like, healthy relationship in our triad, Maggie and Nick Carter. Right. <laughs> but Nick was also a, a, a like, a man-child who... Oh, for sure. Didn't pay his bills, and Maggie was like, I've been with him for four years. Should I maybe, like, break up with him? Because I don't think he's ever going to change and again lucky was like uh yeah (laughs) yeah i think we should just root like weed the carter blood out of our own bloodline like i don't want that mixing and maggie's like nah i'll stick with it (laughs) no we'll just hang on forever just eh, you know it'll i'm sure it'll work out just fine um i did the meanest thing though i got brit and jill super on board i was super on board and then i abruptly stopped writing in 2007 and i never looked at it again (laughs) fair enough i mean we did have t-shirts made that's not well my dad had t-shirts made of like the tie-dyed they were beautiful and i still have mine so (laughs) i wish i had mine it's probably and i have like i swear like a couple bins from clarion am i allowed to say that Mm -hmm. Okay, that I didn't yeah, unpack. Yeah, fine. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't care either. We're not there anymore. You can't We're come not find there anymore. us there. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, but some bins I didn't unpack from Clarion that probably mm-hmm. it lives in there. Yeah. Um, I Yeah, I mean, mine, it's one of those things that like the, the writing is almost all flaked off. It's like over. Mm. It's, it's like 13 years old or something. The writing's like flaked off, but you can still kind of read it. It looks so loved. Yeah. That every time I think about like, oh, I should just throw this in the, I should, you know, turn this into the rag pile or whatever. But I'm like, it's a well-made t-shirt. It doesn't have any holes in it yet. Like, it's still <laughs> comfortable. It still fits me. The yeah. Fuck? So yeah, I just still, whatever. I still wear my BJ King t-shirt. I would for sure wear it <laughs> if I knew where it was. I would have no shame in that. Um, It's, yeah. They, and the tie-dye work itself is gorgeous. It was it exactly what nice. I had in mind. Um. So yeah, that was the greatest thing. That's like the mm. best thing that could ever happen to a fanfic writer is <laughs> somebody take something from their fic and then turn it into a reality. Yeah. But um but yeah, so so Beachy Keen unfortunately will never see the light of day. Uh because Britt asked, she was like, I have to see if I still have it, unless it's posted somewhere. We were texting. I was like, oh, my God, no. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. And someday I may finish it because I was reading it. And I was like, I still remember how I wanted to finish this. I do have some time now. Maybe I'll just. At the very I'll least, just... if you could summarize how you wanted it to be finished for me, <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be thrilled. <laughs> write you a summary of how it was supposed to end i've done Um, that before with people that are like we're writing something for like a a decade i'm like nope uh been reading this for too long you're gonna tell me the ending of this (laughs) (laughs) and they did owe me this that is that is the 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 land of of internet fiction yes (laughs) no for real you can demand that of people and if they want to they can be like yeah sure i'll tell you how it ends but i'm not gonna write it and it's like doesn't matter i know how it ends <laughs> yeah that's all i want <laughs> that's all i want um oh, so that was beachy king that was a fun little a fun little romp and mm-hmm. um yeah and it was set in my favorite uh summer summer vacation town where jill and i used to uh have to spend vacations because when we were kids um, so yeah, there was like trips to Wildwood and family dinners, and there was no mention of anybody else's family outside of the Keen. <laughs> I also wondered when everyone went to Wildwood, like the theme park thing, 
who was working at the sto- at the restaurant? I was like, I, <laughs> in my I, read through, that got me. I was like, who's at work? I was thinking about that too. I was like, well, how did Kevin manage all of these request offs? Like, this is the entire staff. Did they just close on this just, weekend day just, during the peak tourist season? Like, peak tourist season, first Friday night of like June. And it's like, well, we'll be closed so that all of these children can go to the amusement park together. This is so interesting. Like, oh, yeah. And you can tell, um, you can tell that somebody who was 18 years old started writing it because there's a lot of descriptions of people's outfits. Yeah. And how they're wearing their hair. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of that. A lot of wasted time on what we were all wearing. But whatever. But I mean, I feel like some of the descriptions were important some for humor's sake. Because like, <laughs> I would not have picked up on Paige's second boyfriend, Jeremy, being Tom Felton, had you not described him the way that you did. Like, I wouldn't have remembered that detail. <laughs> Oh, that's, and people kept mistaking them. <laughs> people would see like her and her boyfriend Jeremy outside and be like, "Oh, Aaron, I thought you were just outside." <laughs> I feel like that is one of my favorite like scenes you've ever written. I mean, oh, it's just good. just because like Aaron's reaction and like how <laughs> subtle it is to like seeing her new boyfriend for the first time he like breaks an entire stack of plates again like this is your first day at work in two months you broke everything in the restaurant still employed (laughs) still employed won't be back for another two months still employed oh man i loved it i was like when i was reading that i was like cackling reading that like i could not and i remembered it too like it's like i remembered that scene as soon as I started reading the keen I was like oh like even though I hadn't read it probably in (laughs) 10 years oh man the keen such a good time such a good time I may you know what I may just write you a summary but I may also continue writing it I don't know you can do both I mean I'm I'm happy to have an ending and then if I get a chapter every decade (laughs) (laughs) I'll probably forget the ending by the time the last chapter comes out because I'll have dementia (laughs) (laughs) um, (laughs) it won't really be a a solid storyline anyway because I will also have dementia (laughs) fine um yeah so okay so that was that was Beachy Keen um where there will be by the way BG Keen Jelly Bean there will be no links to that in the show notes because like I said it exists for exactly three people um and until I finish it that's the only people it will ever exist for and if I do publish it it'll be under a a pseudonym and it will not even be on my AO3 (laughs) no I'm kidding (laughs) yes I'll I'll publish it over somebody else's name Not just a false name, somebody else's name. <laughs> James Patterson presents Beachy Team. <laughs> oh God. One of, this, one of his stupid summer romance books with like the picture yeah. of the beach with a fucking, you know, uh, wild grass and a gate. <laughs> Your listeners Beachy will Keen. be like, it can't be. It can't be the keen. <laughs> I finally found it. Oh God. Yes, James James Patterson presents. <laughs> <laughs> oh my 
my crowning achievement. I would give it to James Patterson. <laughs> I don't think that would be your crowning achievement. <laughs> All right. So um, what do you want to talk about? You want to talk about the parody or do you want to talk about the beast? Uh, I mean, I feel the parody because I feel like we've introduced it so much. And I also reread it again on the bus today to prepare myself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's just it's a trip. Like it's, so it's cringy. <laughs> it's so bad. I was um, eating during the one chapter where she said not to be eating, and I was like, "Oh my god, she was right!" Like it's cringy. <laughs> so, um, this is, and it's not complete, right? I think it's like twenty-seven chapters or something, and it just doesn't end. It, yeah, it's it's not complete. I was like, "What? Where's the rest of it?" <laughs> so and it's I was like still hooked. It's so it's so cringy and it's I mean it's cringy on purpose. It's a parody fic. It's called yeah. uh, Not Another Teeny Bopper Fanfic, and it's by the woman who runs the Dreamer Sanctuary website. I want to say her name is Julie, um, but I don't know if she has a pen name that she would have published this under. I had to find this in like the deep dark archives, so it's not listed on the regular website. I had to do some some googling. Um, some Google magic, some some deep digging to find this, but it is a it is a very lengthy, but the chapters aren't long, so it's many chapters, very short, uh, parody fic of the girl group fanfics that we were talking about, um, and it's a girl group entitled they're they're called Pants, <laughs> which was my favorite part. <laughs> my- Mine too, and their uh, their their signature is wearing pants. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and on their meet the character page, they're represented by Barbie dolls. Yes, by the little <laughs> like the little Barbie uh, avatars you used to be able to make for yourself for your GeoCities webpage. <laughs> so good. Um, so it's a it's a time capsule kind of fic to go back to what life was like in 1999 when we were reading these things. Um, the woman who wrote this is, I want to say she's around our age. So she's in her thirties. Um, so she came of age the same time that we did. And she wrote this fic to parody all of the things that, uh, that we've been talking about. And it's so painful and it's so funny <laughs> because it's so painful. But just to give you an example, there's like a, um, when, when Nick first meets his his lady friend, whose name is Nikki, because that was another thing that people used to do. Nikki Cartier. Nikki Cartier and Nick mm-hmm. Carter uh, start dating because they have the same name. And it's immediate. Like, he asked her right away. And then uh, Nikki Cartier has moved in next door to the Backstreet Mansion um, with her best friend, Taylor, I want to yeah. say. Um, Taylor, who is Brian Littrell's high school sweetheart. So Nick brings Nikki and Taylor over to the Backstreet house. And he's like, Brian, look at this girl. You should date her because we're best friends and they're best friends. And now I have a girlfriend. So you should have a girlfriend. <laughs> And I wish I could say this was far fetched from what was experienced while reading these fix, but like this, this is the kind of stuff that happened on the reg. Absolutely. Um. So yeah. So there's each each girl was a different um a different 
uh, trope. So there was the next door neighbor and then the high school sweetheart, the long lost high school sweetheart. There's the girl who won backstage passes. Uh, that was Praline. Oh, Praline. <laughs> Just AJ's girlfriend. And then um, Allie, who turned out to be AJ's long lost twin sister, Alexandra. <laughs> A super underdeveloped <laughs> subplot that I was like, why was this dropped? Like, I was enraged about that. They never spoke again. I know. <laughs> I know. They were never like, they didn't bond as siblings. I mean, they, they really weren't just... even mad at each no, other. I mean, she no. had this horrible upbringing. AJ's a pop star. Like, there was no anger. There was, uh, there was also no, like, reparations for mom like nothing ever came back on mom like hey we you lied about this for so long she was like yeah she got you know kidnapped when she was a baby <laughs> we never found her after like a month they were like well, she's gone forever and so we just moved on and it was <laughs> i'm sure she's being taken care of whatever um <laughs> so so yeah so that was the girl who got backstage passes was with her best friend who was AJ's long lost sister who then started dating Howie and then uh Kevin oh fell Kevin. for the for the <laughs> the dying girl that was a thing that happened all the damn time it was like they would go to the hospital to meet the kids and there was always some girl with like an IV <laughs> And drawn on eyebrows that Kevin would end up falling for. And I was always like so sad. I was like, Kevin, it made me stop going to these hospitals to like hook up. First of yeah. all. Um, but then of course she miraculously recovered the next day after they started dating. And so then she was she was healthy enough to join pants. <laughs> pants. pants. The in-sync cover bands. <laughs> I had forgotten that they they couldn't actually sing, so they just lip synced in sync songs. Oh, um, they changed which, some of the lyrics, so it would not be plagiarism. Some of them, right? Um, and then uh, yeah, so then they this this writer kind of just explored all of the storylines, um, <laughs> including when I don't remember which of them die. But Brian. they wake multiple Brian, times. Brian, <laughs> like Brian, yeah, had a legitimate heart condition. <laughs> yeah, well, that was what that was what ended up killing him. And then right. Kevin, whose only role aside from dating this and miraculously curing this teenager, was to sporadically scream, "He's my cousin." <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was actually one of my favorite things was that they didn't just parody and they did she this the writer didn't just rag on the the fanfic you know aspect but also if you were a fangirl you heard these men say the same things over and over and over again because you watch so many interviews so brian's and kevin's main thing that they would just say about each other is oh yeah he's my cousin yeah Got it. <laughs> Although I still think one of my favorite chapters in the fic was where she was like pulling out really obscure facts about them to be like <laughs> the, the uncredited extra on the slip and slide in Edward Scissorhands said to. <laughs> oh my God, the that Mexican was my Kentucky native. That was like, my favorite part. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love that chapter. Oh my god, that chapter that she yeah, she she the epithets that she came up with for it was it was it was just what Brittany said, all of these super obscure facts. <laughs> that uh yeah like you know first first uh first tenor in the children's choir of the greater orlando area from 1992 said and i mean i was not a deep enough fan to even follow this i was like who the fuck's talking to who oh yeah i had no idea there were so many that i was like i have no idea who's talking right now like not a, and she didn't use a single name in the whole no, chapter it was no, so well done it was so funny it's a really well done parody it doesn't really matter that it doesn't end with a you know it's not concluded but it's just, it's so funny if you need a laugh please read not another teeny bopper fanfic because it's so freaking good like is it it's like opening a time capsule to like the cringiest but um but the the episode or the episode the chapter where um brian's heart mm-hmm. no 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 was it aj's liver started talking yeah aj no that was because aj like praline was in a coma and aj was so upset that he went on a drinking binge and then a doctor okay. was like you need a liver transplant so brian died a second time so that he could give his liver to AJ. But my favorite part of that whole moment was that Brian reacted dramatically and started drinking bleach. (laughs) And everybody was like, why would you do this? And the doctor was like, no, seriously, why would you do this? The liver is regenerating. I didn't need you to be dead to give him a transplant. Okay, well, since you went and did this. (laughs) Also, as a social worker in a transplant center, like... I had a difficult time with that one because, like, <laughs> you have to be blood tested. You have to go through psychological counseling. Like, there's a, a whole bunch of stuff that has to happen. Like, not that I would expect so... a teenage fan fiction writer to delve deeply into realistic so, medicine. But... So Brian killed himself horribly uh, by drinking bleach for AJ to live. <laughs> But what was going on with the? I I didn't remember. I I don't remember what. Um, I did have. I didn't reread it. But uh, something with the heart monitor or something with the monitors were like speaking. But it was actually Brian. Yeah. So when when AJ got Brian's liver, Brian uh-huh. was able to channel his voice through the heart monitor because <laughs> like a part of him was alive in AJ, and so like he was talking to Nick. And oh like my God. Brian and Nick were like a little datey, but right. like very aggressively <laughs> announcing sporadically, we're not really gay. Like, but, um, so he was talking to Nick through the heart monitor, like the mm-hmm. liver was. Mm-hmm. The heart monitor was like the microphone. It was very confusing. Okay. <laughs> um, and then there was the the part where they woke up in heaven and there was a McDonald's. Yeah. Which I remember reading a fic where that happened <laughs> yeah Being like oh yeah that makes sense i mean it's heaven of course the backstreet boys would have mcdonald's there <laughs> oh geez. for them to visit oh god it's so good guys please read it it's so much fun um it, it's it's so cringy and yeah. so wonderful 
and it's cringy on purpose it's not like oh this is badly written it's parody so it's supposed to make you be like oh god (laughs) well there's one chapter that's super badly written but even that it has satirical and artistic purpose right so i mean i think it's worth it and i also think in case you're turned off by it not being completed like i also think that's okay because she ends every chapter like with the phrase if they only knew and like by halfway through the book i was or no at the beginning of the book i was like well what's gonna happen i was like on the edge of my seat waiting for something to happen and then i realized that it's just like all of this stuff is gonna keep happening so i almost feel like you just think of it as an eternal loop where these people are never okay again and you're just fine with it Yes, I think that's an excellent way to look that they're actually at some sort of level of hell and they're just <laughs> they're just constantly cycling through comas and transplants and car accidents and world tours and, and infidelity and all kinds yeah. of uh, every form of drama that could possibly be yeah. happens to pants and the Backstreet Boys. <laughs> Yeah, it's the divine parody. Like, just <laughs> settle in. <laughs> uh, settle in and enjoy. It's so good. Um, which brings us to what uh, we have affectionately named the Beast. Mm, the Beast. This is this is the the fic that we mentioned earlier. Um, that Brittany spent an entire weekend, and I don't mean waking hours Saturday and Sunday. I mean like we finished class at noon on Friday. All of our friends were gone, and I think from 12.15 to 8 a.m. on Monday when we had to go back to class, Brittany was just reading this fic. I don't remember her sleeping. I do remember her coming into my room on occasion and being like, update. (laughs) As the circles under her eyes got darker and darker, she's like, I read 47 chapters last night. Yeah, I don't think the circles under my eyes have gone away since this weekend. (laughs) Since this weekend. I think that's where I broke my face. (laughs) Um, So the the fic is called, well, there's there's two, technically. There's, well, there's four, well, there's eight, right? There's an infinite amount. Yes, there's eight. (laughs) I think (laughs) we've been saying there's one and then I thought oh no actually there was the first one and then with the one we were kept referring to as the fic was actually the sequel but the fix within the fix are each gigantic so there's a fic called broken wherein uh it is Nick Carter centric he develops some form of lung cancer I feel like it's leukemia okay may I don't know I don't remember uh, yeah, it's it's a form of cancer. I think it's leukemia. Um, when they're on top of the world, everything's great. Um, <clears throat> develops this form of leukemia and has to go into treatment. Treatment comes. He meets this girl named Claire. And then it's 800 chapters of like every aspect of their relationship, including correct me if I'm wrong they're together then they break up then she gets married to somebody Mm -hmm. else and has triplets yes and then gets divorced all the while Nick is still in love with her Um, and this has been like a decade Uh, there was like songs on Never Gone that he wrote about her Um, 
just a bunch of stuff. And it's it's like I said, it's not just like and then 20 years passed and they were still friends. It's like every waking moment of these 20 years is outlined in these fics. Absolutely. I remember it's Siberia <laughs> from Never Gone. Oh, okay. That, All right. Because I remember the scene very specifically when I was reading it because I'd obviously mm-hmm. listened to that album. And when I was reading that chapter, I remember that there was like, it said something like, when I got home, she wasn't there, just a note left on the stairs. And I was like, what? We where have we got like have have I been reading this too much and I've now broken my brain? Nope. Nope. That was because of Claire. She went there. <laughs> she went there and she did it. Um so yeah, so I just remember Brittany finishing all of Broken, which is like four novel length fix kind of combined into one. Um and then the horror the abject horror on her face or she's like oh my god I was like what what's wrong you're done let's go eat pizza and like stand in the sunshine for a minute and she's like Emily there's a sequel it's <laughs> <laughs> like no Brittany you already read all three of the sequels it's done now you conquered it you're okay <laughs> she's like no there's another series <laughs> it's like Oh my. <laughs> and then, like, we didn't see Brittany again for another 36 hours. Um, but Jeez. just the, and the, I mean, the, uh, the health stuff and like the ins and outs of chemo and uh, radiation. I think he gets his leg amputated at some point. I believe um, he does. Yes. yes. There's a lot. It's a lot. It's a high drama kind of narrative, and it goes on for a long time. But thankfully, you get to see them age gracefully together and into old age together and, like, be 89 years old (laughs) Mm -hmm. together. Um, So spoiler alert, they don't stay apart. (laughs) They are destined to be together. Um, But it takes a second. Uh, yeah, it's it's one of those things that I feel like every fangirl has an experience like that where you just fall down a hole and you're like, mm, this is my life now. <laughs> this is just yeah. this is what I do. I sit in this bunk bed and I look at this <laughs> at this MacBook <laughs> for the rest of my life. Which I mean is not that far off. <laughs> but with this specific fic, yeah, it was it was it was an event. And I was I remember being like, Britt, you don't like you don't need to keep reading it. Like it's fine. We understand what happens. We know. I'm sure they're gonna get together. She's like, No, I have to finish it. Yeah, I mean, once you got started, you had to keep going at I mean, that once, point. Once you've read 156 chapters, you have to keep reading the last 75. Like, why Why would you stop? You've come so far. Yeah, you've given a lot of blood, sweat, and tears <sighs> to this fic. you got to keep going. And thankfully, oh, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, although I didn't realize until opening the links when you sent them to me that... Claire was played by Bryce Dallas Howard. Yes, I didn't realize that either. I didn't know who she was back then, but now it makes perfect sense. Yeah, neither did I, but like at least we know that if Nick Carter ever really wants to have this made into a film, like her dad can direct. <laughs> and, oh my god. 
I'd see it for sure. I would <laughs> I would watch Nick that show. Wants to have it turned into an 18 hour epic. He <laughs> 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 can. It's all taken care of. It's cast, it's directed, it's all good. Oh, oh man. So yeah, so that friends, that one is in the uh in the show notes. It is available. It is complete. And um if nothing else, the writer worked really hard on it, put a lot of herself into that fic. So you should give it a try. Don't open it lightly. Yeah. Uh, if you find yourself underemployed, as I am, and you have some time and you really, really, really want to delve into a medically accurate, life accurate, long ass Backstreet Boys fan fiction, that is there for you. And I recommend it. Ugh. It's a once in a lifetime experience that has never <laughs> totally left me. Even if the the finite details are gone. That's like, okay. There were so many. It's hard. It's really hard to keep track of them all. It's literally keeping track of somebody else's entire life. Yeah. <laughs> on top of your own. So it's fine that you forgot a couple things. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, Britt, thank you so very, very much for joining me for this hundredth episode. This has been wonderful. And it's been so nice to talk to you. Yeah, this was super fun. I mean, I was very nervous getting into it, but highly recommend doing podcasts if any of your college friends invite you. <laughs> very fun. And um, I hope that you enjoy what you hear when it is finished. Um, it'll be it'll be published in a couple weeks for our hundredth episode. But can I tag you in social media, or would you prefer I not? Yeah, I don't go okay. go for it. Why not? All right. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Well, thank you, Britt. Thank you so, so much. I love you. I love and you too. I hope I get to talk to you soon and not in like six years. But for the rest of you guys who are listening, thank you so much. I want you to have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me for 100 episodes if you have um, or any of the episodes that you have. I thank you so much. I hope for uh, at least 100 more. And in the meantime, as always, above all else, 